Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 20th. Happy Thanksgiving. This is our Thanksgiving uh, week show. It is also week 12 of the NFL uh, season in, in 2018. My name is Michael Nazarek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy player and par excellence co-host, Chris Rio. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Just lovely, sir. Just lovely. A little bit of a frog in my throat, but I'll, I should be able to somehow gut it out and make it through the show. I'm sure if uh, some of the NFL no. players we know play with big injuries, I can play with a sore throat. There you go. I hope you're feeling better. Uh, anyway, let's get right to the news and notes of the week. Uh, well, it was a very interesting week, a little bit of a different week. A lot of good big player names uh, were off on a bye, like Tom Brady and such. Um, a lot of unexpected um, production from certain players, and also some big-name quarterback injuries. Let's start with Alex Smith in uh, Washington. Had a Joe Theismann moment, breaking his leg multiple places, spiral fractures, uh, compound fractures. It, it looked really ugly. Um, they went in and had surgery. He faces a very, very long rehab. Hopefully he can come back. Uh, anyway, it's Colt McCoy now. It's going to be leading the, the show down there in, in Washington. And they're still in first place, what, six and four. So uh, what do you think, Chris? Uh, you think Colt uh, can uh, keep them in the playoff hunt? And more importantly, is uh, Colt McCoy uh, fantasy worthy at all? Well, I think he's as fantasy-worthy as Alex Smith was. And, and as much as I love Alex Smith as a quarterback, aside from last year with those weapons in KC, he's never really put up great fantasy numbers. That being said, Colt McCoy is probably the closest thing to Alex Smith stylistically and, and probably production-wise. So I don't think this really changes much of anything for any of the Washington guys. The problem is I don't think most of the Washington guys are worth a whole lot to start with. He certainly latched on to Jordan Reed, though, which – probably bumps him a little bit because he was getting a lot more attention than Alex Smith seemed to be giving him earlier this year. Yeah, we still don't know if uh, Jameson Crowder is going to come back and play uh, this year, (laughs) much less this week, this Thursday. Probably not because he's not been practicing uh, in the Turkey turkey game against Dallas. Another big uh, injury news uh, uh, to note today just uh, was revealed uh, kind of a shock that O.J. Howard down in Tampa Bay had uh, suffered foot and ankle injuries on the same play against the Giants late in the game. And uh, the team said, well, they're uh, kind of going over their options, and they went to a second opinion, and all of a sudden they decided to put him on IR. So uh, O.J. Howard is done for this year. Cameron Brake, come on down. He's his new starter now. Jamison Winston is going to be starting now 
because uh, Brian Fitzpatrick, the Fitz magic is gone. Uh, Winston replaced him through a couple of uh, second half touchdowns there, almost trying to get the Bucks back in the game against the Giants. Winston's starting, and of course, Brayton is now going to be starting tight end. So, fantasy impact, Chris. Uh, tell me about what do you think uh, Brayton can do with Winston there, and is is Winston uh, worthy of fantasy pickup as well as Brayton? Oh, I think they're both worthy of fantasy pickup. In fact, I think Jamison Winston, with their schedule, is worthy of, of starting for most teams, most fantasy teams down the stretch. Cameron Brate's going to do okay. Um, he doesn't have the big play potential that O.J. Howard has. The one thing he does have going for him is that Winston and he really locked in together much better, while Fitzpatrick seemed to favor Howard when, when they had the option of both in the lineup. So with Howard out of the way and Winston likely quarterbacking, I would say most of the rest of the way, if not the rest of the way, I think this bodes well for Brate being a guy you can get off the waiver wire and plug in as, a, as probably a low-end starter, in PPRs uh, for, for probably the rest of the way. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to have some tough matchups along the way, some teams that guard the tight end well, but he should be he should be just fine. He should be at least serviceable, I would say. Okay. Uh, let's uh, move on over to another uh, uh, guy that was lost for the season, I guess. The Oakland Raiders just seem to be going through one receiver after another receiver. They might actually get Jordan – uh, Jordy Nelson back from a quad injury, although it looks like Martavis Bryant might be gone for the year. He's got a serious knee injury out indefinitely there. But uh, Brandon LaFell started stepping up. Uh, people laugh at Brandon LaFell, but uh, in a uh, FFPC pros versus Joes, he was my last round pick. Uh, didn't have him for the first six weeks because the Raiders receivers were healthy, and he signed up with the Raiders before the season started and stayed on their um, basic uh, inactive list. Well, then he became a starter, and then he became the number one guy. He actually scored last week. He caught a nice little pass, uh, kind of a jump ball situation went up, and when he came down, ripped that Achilles. uh, He's gone for the year. You got Marcel Aitman. I've never heard of this kid. (laughs) Seth Roberts. Anyone worthy, fantasy worthy at all from this Motley crew in Oakland now, uh, Chris? Well, we could save a lot of time, and I can just say no, because I think that's where I really stand on it. But uh, Jordy Nelson, when he, if he comes back, is probably the best. Maybe Seth Roberts if he's healthier than Jordy Nelson. But, my God, it's just it's ugly there. Um, in, any potential fantasy value for, for the Raiders right now has got to rely on something other than the wide receivers. Maybe Jared Cook. Um, you know, if Doug Martin comes back and is healthy or Jalen Richard in a PPR, something like that. But there's, there's really not a lot of hope for fantasy purposes for the Raiders, unless you have a fantasy defense that's playing against them. That's about it. Yep. Um, it's What was interesting on Monday is that uh, uh, John Gruden was talking to the media, and he, he compared Jalen Richard to Charlie Garner. <laughs> I said, how, how long has it been since Charlie Garner? You remember Charlie Garner, don't you, Chris? Yeah, he's on a he was a stalwart on many of my teams back in the oh what nineties, early nineties maybe. Uh yeah. last time Gruden <laughs> coached twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know what it was, but it was hilarious. He was comparing him. He was like, He's very very sturdy, he can run for a thousand yards and catch for a thousand yards and and I'm like, All right, John, uh <laughs> Okay, maybe this is one of the reasons why your team has uh, actually got two wins now, two and eight now, uh, because they actually upset uh, the Cardinals with a last-second field goal, which actually might have hurt them because it's, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, there's a whole bunch of teams now with two, two, two wins, so the Raiders know sure lock now to get the number one pick for next year, but that might all change, of course, if the Raiders keep losing the rest of their games uh, down the stretch here, and we'll see. 
Anyway, let's get right to the uh, list of injuries here. It's a fairly short one here. Uh, the big one uh, is Mitchell Trubinsky uh, hurt his shoulder uh, in the game this past week uh, against the Vikings, and um, he actually he sat out Monday and today's practices, and he's very iffy to play. Chase Daniels might be coming on down uh, and starting for the for the Bears. Um, Chris, in your opinion, Chase Daniel. Does, does he have any fantasy value if he starts, or or uh, and what happens to A. Rob and uh, Anthony Miller and uh, Trey Burton uh, for for Chicago if they have to st- if, he ha- if, they have to, if they have to start him on Thursday? I think that's the interesting part is who gets the, the targets because Chase Daniel looked great in the preseason. He he really does fit the offense. He knows the offense well from his time with Nagy in Kansas City. Um, I, my recollection is that Trey Burton was the one who he really latched onto when they played in the preseason. So that's probably someone to keep an eye on. Um, going forward, and certainly I think anyone's a decent fantasy play because those Thursday games tend to be high scoring, especially the Thanksgiving Day games for some reason, those national TV games. So I think he's probably worth at least considering if you need somebody. He's probably better than anyone else you can get off the waiver wire aside from Winston like we just mentioned. But, uh, Mm. but boy, that was a real surprise to hear that Trubisky's kind of out of whack. I think this does hurt uh, A-Rob. And, and the regular starters, the guys like uh, Tariq Cohen and, and A-Rob, because those are the guys that Trubisky was used to, and we just don't know what Daniels. He might look more towards those guys like Taylor Gabriel, like Anthony Miller, who are playing with the second unit during the preseason a little bit more. What do you, what if, you if you've got a choice between, let's say Winston is, is taken, if you've got a choice between Colt McCoy, Washington playing Dallas in Dallas, or Chase Daniel there in Detroit for the Bears, who, who are you going to take? Well, I mean, he's certainly got a hell of a lot more weapons in Chicago than, than Colt McCoy would have in Washington. And the, the, the Lions are kind of mailing it in right now, so aside from that surprising win against the uh, the Panthers last week, but even that they gave him 357 passing yards. So I think you would probably go of those two with Chase Daniels for sure, uh, at least for this week. Uh, Long term, obviously McCoy's going to have the job the rest of the way and Daniels is not when Trubisky's ready. So you got to kind of think of it that way. Do you need it this week or for several weeks down the road? Okay. Back to the uh, the list here. Looks like Ryan Tannehill is finally going to start playing. Uh, they named him the starter down in Miami. He's got that throwing shoulder. Still apparently hurts him, but he says he can make all the throws. So we'll see there. This might be his last opportunity if he uh, struggles or gets re-injured again. Uh, doesn't look like uh, Miami, if they're smart, they would be getting rid of uh, moving on from Tannehill at the end of the season. Sam Darnold with his foot strain. He's day-to-day slash week-to-week. Uh, he says he feels great. Uh, has he had to practice, of course, coming off that bye. Uh, we'll see if he, what he does later this week to see if he plays against the Patriots. Marcus Mariota, there's a lot of uh, – uh, unknowns going on here. They they thought that he re-injured or re-aggravated his elbow injury. Then they said it was just a stinger. Uh, they're 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 hopeful that he can play. It's a Monday night game, so I wouldn't count on it uh, unless all of a sudden he starts practicing tomorrow Wednesday. We get to Friday, he's not practicing. Then I I I I don't see how you can trust him from fantasy standpoint. Uh, Joe Flacco with a right hip. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a successful debut, uh, running 27 times for about 117 yards. Uh, last week against the, the Bengals. Uh, it looks like Flacco's not likely to play this week, so it looks like Lamar Jackson gets another start against Oakland. That's another good uh, matchup for him and the Ravens. Uh, Josh Allen with the elbow, likely to start for Buffalo. Uh, moving over to running back position, a big one, Kerryon Johnson, uh, injured his knee this past week. Doesn't look like it's too bad. It's not an ACL or whatnot. However, it is to the sprain is a sprain, which looks like at least one to two weeks. They don't expect him to 
to play on Thursday because he hasn't practiced yet this week. They're listing him in the week to week. Doug Martin with that ankle in Oakland, status is uncertain. We'll see if he can practice later this week. If not, it's going to be Jalen Richard. It's going to be starting with DeAndre Washington behind him. Chris Thompson with the rib injury hasn't played in several weeks for, for Washington. He sat again on Monday and Tuesday of this week. I wouldn't expect him to play. Uh, AP uh, got in a limited session on Monday up, up to Tuesday uh, with a full practice. It looks like AP is good to go for Thursday uh, there. Uh, Cincinnati, they're, uh, they're hopeful. A.J. Green was close to playing last week that he'll play. This week, we'll see if he uh, gets in some practice time later this week, and hopefully he'll be able to play. Uh, like we already said, Marvin Jones with the knee. He sat Monday and Tuesday. doesn't look like he's going to play. Bruce Ellington might be somebody to, to pick up if you're – especially in a PPR league. Uh, he filled in for Marvin Jones last week and, and caught, uh, what, five, five or six balls for around 50 yards or so. So that's around 10 points uh, for people that really are desperate. Looks like he's going to start opposite um, Kenny Galladay. Uh, Calvin Ridley with a thigh injury. He was limited on Monday and Tuesday. Looks like he's going to play. This is a big game for him because back in week three, he played the Saints. They, they faced the Saints back then. He blew up for three scores, and they're playing them again this week. So I'm sure all Ridley owners are hoping that he can play in that game. Traquan Smith, the other guy uh, on the other side, the other rookie for the Saints, uh, he had a big game last week. Well, uh, he's had a foot injury. Uh, he did not practice on Monday. They said he was limited on Tuesday early, and then they changed the injury report and said that he did not practice. So there's concern there whether he's going to be able to play or not because they're, they're shorthanded and wide out behind, um, behind Mike Thomas. Um, moving on over to San Francisco, Pierre Garçon with the knee. Uh, he, he's coming off a bye there, didn't play the previous week. Uh, still uncertain. We'll see if he practices later this week. A couple of tight ends to note. Jimmy Graham with the thumb. Um, they, it's a pretty serious injury with the thumb, but I think they're going to cast it up. He says he's going to try and play through it. I don't see how he can play. Uh, I'm not going to start him if I owned him. Fortunately, I don't own him anywhere, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, recommend starting him. I don't see how he can catch passes with a caster, something on, his, on some kind of a protective device on his thumb. Uh, and then Jeff Swaim, the tight end for the Cowboys, um, he developed a, a wrist injury uh, with some kind of bone issue there. He needs surgery. He uh, didn't practice this week. Uh, they play on Thursday. He's going to miss several games, if not the rest of the season. So there you go. That's our, our list, and we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, everyone come to our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, free INSI scattering reports on a weekly basis uh, covering many of the NFL teams, including the Indianapolis Colts from Chris Rito here with two reports, usually one on Monday, Tuesday, and the other one later in the week. Uh, we're, of course, pumping out the free NFL quick bit news items every day on a daily basis. We've been doing that for 23 years. Um, of course, our weekly fantasy newsletter is premium. Um, it's only 9.95 for the rest of the season to, to join us, try us out. Includes daily premium injury quick bets, all those news items that are uh, injury-related. 
all premium, including uh, net fantasy analysis from on the, the key ones, including uh, my thoughts on uh, O.J. Howard's injury and such. Uh, today, uh, it's discounted to 9.95. Also includes expanded picks to click and flick the market for the week. Uh, talked about uh, about 70 free agents uh, that people could uh, and, and certain specific matchups and such. And uh, Talked in, in depth about Gus Edwards, if you know who that is. Anyway, uh, NFL game matchup analysis from John Cooney uh, on uh, release throughout the week. And, of course, we post our rankings on Wednesday, and we'll be updating those on Saturday. It's going to be a big uh, Thanksgiving Day bonanza with three NFL games this week. Anyway, follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Let's get right to the picks to click and flick for this week. These are guys you might want to consider starting or sitting, depending on their situation and or injury status. Here we go. Let's start with two quarterbacks you like, Chris, and why. I won't even mention Winston because we talked about him earlier, but one guy that I'm – I mean, I'll buy, I'll buy Lamar Jackson for one more week. I don't think another 100-yard rushing day is going to happen, of course, but he does get the Raiders. And the Raiders, not only are they pretty bad, but they play a similar scheme to the Bengals. They're just as bad stopping the run, like I said. They've allowed, but they've also allowed the second most passing touchdowns, despite allowing the fifth fewest passing yards. So they've allowed, and they've allowed multiple passing touchdowns in eight straight games and nine of ten. So even only limited red zone passing options could still be a very solid scoring day for Jackson. And running quarterbacks are just worth their weight in gold for fantasy. Another guy I like, another rookie, uh, is uh, Baker Mayfield. He's been surprisingly serviceable during those key bye weeks. Six of his last eight games between 22 and 25 fantasy points, so that's not too shabby. And with two weeks to prepare for a shaky Bengals 32nd-ranked pass defense, coming off his first three-touchdown day in the NFL, I look for a few new wrinkles and his best fantasy day as a pro. Cincinnati also gave up a lot of rushing to quarterbacks also, even before Lamar Jackson hammered him last week. Okay. A couple of war, uh, quarterbacks I like this week, uh, Eli Manning. Uh, that's unusual, but, you know, he's playing a little bit better, and they get to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, for some reason, Eli usually plays well against the Eagles. He didn't earlier this year. However, the Eagles secondary is just injury-ravaged. Uh, Ronald Darby and a whole bunch of other players are out, banged up, unserviceable, can't play. Uh, so I think that uh, this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, both game, both uh, teams are very, very desperate to win. Um, you could say this is an elimination game. You certainly might be for the Eagles. I think my Giants are probably already eliminated. But anyway, uh, sitting, what, at 3-7, and seven, they have to run the table and hope. Uh, anyway, he usually plays well against the Eagles, so if you need him, start him this week. And Andy Dalton, the other side of that uh, – Cleveland Bengals game. The Cleveland defense is not exactly the best against the pass, and hopefully with A.J. Green back in the lineup because he's on track to play, uh, that makes Andy Dalton a click in my eye, in my viewpoint. Uh, if, if, if certainly if A.J. Green does play in this game, a couple of quarterbacks I'm staring away from. Uh, Blake Bortles. Wow, uh, barely threw for 100 yards at home. Uh, the coaching staff didn't seem to trust him to throw anything against the Steelers. Well, now he gets to go on a road and play the Bills, and their secondary is one of the toughest in the league. I just don't like Blake Bortles this week. Um, I tell you, you know, uh, uh, Doug Maroney there in uh, Jacksonville just does not want to give up on Blake Bortles. But, uh, you know, if he really lays an egg in this game, uh, we might see another change of quarterback there. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Detroit. I think the Bears are going to limit him, uh, especially if uh, Marvin Jones doesn't play without Karrion Johnson there. Kind of shorthanded there. Be care, be very wary of what Stafford does or doesn't do. I'm not crazy about him this week, so I'm sitting him and trying to avoid him. A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about. Why and why, Chris? Yeah, I will mention I don't like Stafford either this week. He looks terrible, but, boy, his his Thanksgiving Day history is tremendous. So there's a couple of things going to oh, play there. 
A uh, couple mm-hmm. of flicks I got. I have a caution play on Phil Rivers this week. Uh, it's as much about how bad the Arizona run defense is as much as how good their pass defense is. They've held three of their last four opposing quarterbacks under 200 yards, while even pedestrian running backs have had huge fantasy days here. So I just think even though Rivers has two-plus touchdowns in every game this season, I suspect his yardage and volume will be lower this week just out of a lack of necessity. And then another caution play, another guy who doesn't normally make our flick list is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they got a newfound running game in Green Bay and a banged-up receiving core, and that might be enough to downgrade A.A. Rod from his usual perch. But many is his personal house of horrors in recent years. Obviously, he had the big injury there last year, but he's been under 213 yards every game in Minneapolis since 2013 has only thrown seven touchdowns in the last five years at Minnesota. Minnesota's also only allowed three touchdown passes at home and averaged under 195 passing yards per game allowed the last six weeks. A lot of bad mojo here for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, a couple of running backs you like and why. I like the youngster Josh Adams uh, for Philadelphia. The G-men have been leaky on the ground, a lot of rushing touchdowns five straight weeks, and the second most total touchdowns of running backs in the NFL. They've allowed the most receiving touchdowns of running backs, so Adams could be a double threat So with PPR games. He had a lot of targets last week. With his increased workload and goal line duty, this should give him the best chance for a big scoring day uh, again this week. And I like Gus Edwards to, to have another uh, another good day for Baltimore. John Harbaugh is coaching for his life, so he's gonna, if he goes away from what worked well last week, that could be the death knell for his credibility in the locker room and the stands, and therefore in the front office. So I think he's going to ride Gus the bus for another week with a weak opponent to see what he has there with his bruising back, because his style works really well with the threat of Jackson running that that. That option. So I think if LJ starts again as expected, we're going to see a lot more of Gus the Bus as well in this matchup. Yeah, I agree with you there. A couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Mark Ingram, what's not to like? He's really put it on the last two weeks. Uh, the the Falcons simply can't stop the run. Uh, uh, Zeke Elliott just ran through him like butter, or like a knife through butter. Anyway, uh, regardless of whether Alvin Kamara scores his two or three touchdowns or whatever, I think Ingram's going to uh, run rush for close to 100 yards and, and get a score in this game, so you can't go wrong with him. Uh, Joe Mixon, I think he's going to run all over the Browns this week. Uh, he hasn't been really been touching the ball very much lately, but I think this this is going to be his week. Uh, a couple of guys I'm, I'm concerned about this week. Uh, Tim and Coleman from Atlanta, I think it calls my caution play. The Saints are very tough against the run. Now, granted, uh, Coleman's going to catch some passes in this game, but Edo Smith has been eating away eight to ten touches himself each game. So, uh, you know, Coleman's got to do the most he can with the touches he gets, and if they're mostly rushes, he's not going to get much. And we'll see here. It's just uh, temper your expectations there. Uh, Lamar Miller, I think the Titans are going to limit him. They're good against the run. Uh, Lamar's kind of up and down. Uh, kind of didn't didn't do much uh, recently here, but um, I'm just not feeling it against the Titans this week, so I'll be very careful there. How about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Not real crazy about Chris Carson this week. I mean, Carolina's run defense is totally different beast at home. They've not allowed over 75 rushing yards in any game at home so far. And remember, they've faced Zeke and Saquon and Mixon at home so far. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Carson also has had more than a few games with an early departure. And last week, a very even snap distribution amongst all three guys in the backfield. I'm real leery of trusting him as anything more than a bi-week flex here. And then I, I'm, I'm not too comfortable with Adrian Peterson this week. The Cowboys have been pretty stout against the run. They've allowed a league-low three-and-a-half yards per carry, only four rushing touchdowns. They've been particularly stout at home where they allow only 60 rushing yards per game. And I think relatively you can throw on Dallas more than you can run. So I look for fewer runs this week as the, they basically dare Colt McCoy to beat him, and I think they're going to try and take advantage of that in the air more than on the ground. Oh. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? 
Uh, you mentioned uh, Calvin Ridley being a little injured early this week, and I really do like Mohamed Sanu in addition to, to the potential for Ridley being a little slow. You know, Sanu's only scored 12 touchdowns the last three years, but yet he scored a touchdown in three of his last four games versus New Orleans. So I think he's, he's got something going on there. He's getting a solid 10 PPR points per game without touchdown scoring. So this week could be a, and with this week being a pretty high volume air affair for Atlanta on Thursday night, I think he's got a really good chance. You know, they also know Julio really well. They know what Ridley did to him in week three, like you mentioned. So I think Sanu's going to get single coverage and he could take advantage. And then I like Marquise Goodwin to bounce back this week. And, you know, obviously the Bucks' pass defense is horrific. It's generally been the number one outside guy that has done most of the damage against the Bucks too. So while Mullins is clearly using Kittle as his number one target, he doesn't line up far enough outside to be the biggest threat here. I like Goodwin to rebound from some mediocre fantasy play with a long score this week. Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. I think Jarvis Landry is going to bounce back. Uh, two weeks ago before the bye, he struggled to hook up there with uh, with uh, Mayfield. But uh, like you say, Mayfield has got a great matchup against the Bengals. I think Landry is going to be all over this catch, seven-plus passes in this game. So if you got him especially in PPR, don't worry about it. Plug it in and go. And uh, I do have Calvin Ridley on the list here, to, to, assuming that he does make through uh, this week of practices here. Uh, he scored three times against the Saints back in week three. I wouldn't expect three scores this week, but uh, he's got their number, so we'll see. Uh, you know, they're playing a lot better defensively, but I'm still going to ride the hot hand here uh, against this team, and I think Ridley's going to score at least once in this game. Uh, a couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week. Josh Dotson, again, makes my flick list after two clicks and a flick. The Cowboys are going to limit him. Uh, Cole McCoy is probably going to end up throwing more to Jordan Reed than anyone else in this game. I just don't see much here, and Josh Dotson's coming off a game three for 32 or so, or so, so I'm not expecting anything there. And Dante Moncrief, Jacksonville, laid an egg with one catch last week. He won't catch much more against the Bills on the road, especially if Bortles struggles. They're, they're probably going to try and run Fournette left and right and, and dump it off to Yeldon most of the game, so I wouldn't uh, uh, try and start Moncrief this week. How about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, the, the venerable veteran, Larry Fitzgerald, it's good to see him back, but he's got a really tough matchup this week with Casey Hayward on him. The Chargers have generally allowed almost all of their damage by wide receivers to the secondary guys while the top guy gets taken out. So despite the recent upturn in Fitz's fantasy usefulness and target rate, he's a really strong caution play for me this week. He only got two targets last week, too, remember. He, just, he had two touchdowns, so people don't remember that. And another veteran, longtime fantasy stud that I don't think is going to be a factor this week is Demarius Thomas, uh, mostly because he is at best the number three option on this team with QT healthy again. And Tennessee does allow a lot of underneath catches, so QT should be the PPR play here. And then you go back and look, Thomas only had one target last week and only three with QT out of the lineup the week prior. So he was a hot waiver pickup a few weeks ago after the trade, but I think he's a permanent flick until further notice. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? I like Eric Ebron to bounce back this week. I mean, the Finns have been very sketchy covering the tight end, especially ones with speed down the field. So after that silent week last week, I think the Finns are going to focus on Hilton, and, and then Ebron's going to have a chance for a big play and a big day and a return to prominence. This Colts team, the more you watch them, the more you see they're really close-knit and they really push for each other. So I think they're going to reward his unselfishness and really try to get him involved this week. And then I like C.J. Uzoma to, to have a little bit of a bounce back. No one's allowed more targets to the tight end so far than the Browns, and they've also allowed three tight end touchdowns the last two games. 
The Browns also allowed three tight end touchdowns the two games they played against Cincinnati last year and a ton of touchdowns to the tight end over the last several years. So with the Cincy wide receiver crew a little gimpy, I think Uzoma should get an uptick from his usual target share, which has been pretty solid at four to five per game. Okay, uh, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, these are pretty obvious, but George Kittle, a uh, fantastic start against the Sorry Bucks. He's obviously the primary uh, receiver for Nick Mullins. The Buccaneers' uh, defense just stinks, uh, so stick in uh, Kittle and don't worry about it. Uh, David Njoku uh, coming off the bye. Hopefully his knee's a little bit better. We'll see. Hopefully if he practices fully this week, he'll be good to go uh, and won't be limited in, in snaps and such. He places the Bengals, and they just simply cannot stop the tight end. I think Mayfield, like you say, scored, throws three, two or three touchdowns in this game, and I think one of them is going to go to Njoku. Uh, a couple of tight ends I'm not crazy about this week. Evan Ingram, the Eagles play the tight end very tough, so I think it's going to be a OBJ Sterling Shepard game for Eli Manning. And Kyle Rudolph hasn't scored, uh, I think, since week two or three. He's only got two scores on the, on the year. And the Packers have allowed just one tight end score in 2018. So when that converges, uh, the fantasy points diverge and go to zero for Kyle Rudolph. So give me a couple of uh, tight ends you're uh, not crazy about. And why, Chris? I know we mentioned Cameron Brait earlier. Uh, he's going to be a sexy waiver or DFS pick this week because of the Howard injury and Winston returning, like we talked about earlier. But you should be cautious about Brait this week alone. Uh, it's worth noting the 49ers have not allowed a tight, a tight end to score a touchdown in the last six games, and seven out of their ten games they've held the tight end position under 35 yards. So um, I like Brait the rest of the way, especially in PPRs. I don't like him this week. And then a, a kind of an odd caution play might be Rob Gronkowski. A lot of people think, oh, he's back after the bye and the injury. He's going to be good. But you look historically against the Jets, he's only scored a touchdown in five of his 13 career games against the Jets, way below his usual career rate, and has averaged under 50 yards per game in his career against the Jets. So, in fact, he was held without a catch in two of his last three games against the Jets, so very recent history. And the Jets have been very good at defending the tight end so far this year with eight of ten games under 40 yards to the position and the fewest tight end receptions in the NFL. Even a healthy Gronk has a lot of reason to be cautious this week. Wow, that did not know about that. That's very interesting stuff. All right, one hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them. I like Josh Lambeau for Jacksonville this week. Buffalo allows the fifth most kicker points, and they've allowed 12-plus kicker points their last three home games. So Lambeau's got a good chance here, plus the offense is struggling in the red zone. And I like Brett Maher of Dallas on, on Thanksgiving Day. Dallas always scores well on Thanksgiving. And Washington's allowed eight field goal attempts the last two weeks. Plus, backup quarterback-led offenses tend to afford short fields and scoring chances. So Maher should be good. A couple of defense I like. I do like Buffalo in that Jacksonville game. Playing at home against Bortles in a cold, what looks to be a cold rain looks like a recipe for some good defensive scoring potential. And then I like the Colts at home uh, against the Dolphins. You've got a streaking team at home against a struggling offense with injured wide receivers, uh, quarterback, a rusty quarterback coming in, and the Miami Dolphins have not scored a touchdown since October. Oh, my gosh, it's Thanksgiving. Okay, before we say goodbye, a couple of interesting notes. Uh, I tell you, you know, there's there's quite a uh, interesting situation going on there in Indianapolis. Uh, I don't believe has Andrew Luck been sacked since week five. I'm not quite sure on that, five, Chris. Five straight games without a sack, uh, longest streak of his career, obviously one of the longest in Colts history. Long way to go to the NFL record. Apparently, Dan Marino went 19 straight games back in like his in the '88 or '89 without getting sacked, wow. which is ridiculous. <laughs> But it's like well, the fourth longest streak right along with in his Twitter recent years. Yep, uh, this goes right along with this tw- Twitter information. Uh, just to FYI, it's so impressive 
This is the quarterback hits allowed in the last five weeks. Uh, Detroit and Tampa Bay have allowed 31 hits. That means Stafford, Matthew Stafford, has taken a pounding. This is, of course, split between Winston and, and Fitzpatrick in there. And, of course, Derek Carr has been hit 27 times. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Mahomes and uh, Russell Wilson each have been hit 25 times in the last five weeks, five games, which is five a game. So what's so amazing about all this stuff is that the average, I think, here is around 20 or, or so. Uh, Eli Manning has been hit 19 times in the last five weeks. Way down at the bottom of the list is your buddy Andrew Luck. Three quarterback hits allowed in five weeks. That is Those crazy. Those might have been That's on Russian running plays. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's less than one quarterback hit per week in the last five weeks. In other words, this is the reason why uh, Andrew Luck has been throwing two and three, or what was it, three touchdown passes? Was he got a streak of three, uh, three touchdown passes a game in like five, five straight weeks or so, something like that? Seven, seven straight games. Seven straight games. Wow, this is amazing. Anyway, before we also say goodbye, I wanted to, to, to review what happened in our FF Webmasters waivers. Just to, to remind everyone, it's 14-team non-PPR. They run uh, right when we do the show here at the start at 8 o'clock uh, Pacific time. Um, uh, I'm fortunate to be 8-3 and three after 11 weeks, uh, third in the league. Uh, we do have an undefeated team and a 12-1 team. I mean, I'm sorry, a 10-1 team, an 11-0 team, and I'm 8-3. Anyway, so I was uh, last. Uh, the two guys behind me didn't feel the need to pick somebody up. Uh, Gus Edwards was the very first guy picked up this week uh, by someone struggling on the other end. Uh, another, the second pickup was Gerald Everett. Uh, he scored twice on Monday night, the tight end for the Rams. Curtis Samuel scored this week. Uh, he was the third pickup. Uh, Jason Myers, apparently somebody needed a kicker. And then Cameron Brait, right before I uh, picked up the Patriots defense. And I picked up the Patriots because my other defense is Houston. And uh, Chris, you know all about this we own both houston and new england in fanex don't we yes we do i actually own that pair in several of my leagues they match up really good people so take a look at the matchups there uh i think in week uh 14 and 16 uh when houston has bad matchups the, the patriots have really good matchups uh so you can play those off that's just a hint so if you've got houston or new england you want to try and pair them up uh you know now's the time to do it anyway we want to thank everyone for uh, joining us you're okay either way (laughs) yeah you're that's right you're you're okay either way i want to thank everyone for joining us for chris rito this is michael nazarek we'll see you all next week when we preview week 13 of the 2018 nfl season goodbye good night and good luck to everyone this week you've been listening to the fantasy football mastermind edge with your host michael nazarek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.